but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. Hey, everyone, and welcome once again to Safe Place and Spaces for Men podcast. This is Thomas Edward, your male survivor, resiliency leadership development coach. Hey, I'm coming to you from, of course, sunny Sacramento. It's around 64 degrees today. Hey, I'm still trying to get used to this giant globe in the middle of the sky because you guys know I've spent like so many years in Seattle. I still enjoy the rain and clouds, but you know, I'm starting to get used a little bit to to the sun, at at least when it's not 100 degrees here in California. Hey, I want to give a a shout out to my peeps in Australia, in uh, in Canberra, Sydney, uh, with the forest fires. Um, I'm still hearing, you know, reports uh, of people that are being devastated by the forest fires. And of course, having done some workshops myself in Australia, clients that I actually coach there, uh, it's a very beautiful place. I mean, I remember the, the Blue Mountains and all those eucalyptus trees uh, that were there. So my thoughts, my prayers, and my financial funds go out um, to you guys. And for those that attended the Safe Place and Space for Thriver workshop, hey, remember, if you feel that there's no one out there for you, there is someone here. And I'm just going to give you this invitation. If you need to jump on a plane <laughs> And come to Sacramento, you know what? I have a house and there's a couple of rooms that are here. Because, you know, I've, I've been homeless before, so I know what it's like to not have um, shelter. I know what it's not to not have safety. Uh, I know what it's like to not have a roof over your head. So, you know, if that's what you need to do, you, hey, you jump on the plane and you get here, guys. And we'll finish out and figure out the rest when you get here. To my subscribers, I want to thank you guys for sending the emails and feedback on the show. Uh, for sharing how explaining the neuroscience has helped you guys in working through some of the issues. You know, this is the one reason I believe that, um, you know, at least in doing the coaching program, has worked for the survivors that are doing that. And so, I, you know, I often hear for guys, I did this therapy, I did that therapy, whatever, I didn't get the results that I want. And uh, you just have to realize, <laughs> I know at least when I was going through my different things, that different things work for different people. Right. And so don't give up. Right. Keep trying and finding out what works for you. So when I coach in my programs, I'm just coming from a different perspective. I'm, I'm coming more from a if you want to say a neuroscience and understanding that trauma actually does produce physiological changes actually in the brain. So we know that we know that it recalibrates the brain's alarm system. We know that it increases uh, the stress hormone activity. And then we also know that it does alterations in your system's filters and what you consider to be relevant and irrelevant information. So that's, that's important, right? So the reason when I do the workshops, I do them from the perspective, and you guys know my motto, uh, healing doesn't take place in isolation, it takes place in community. Uh, so what we're doing is we're connecting you allowing you to be with others and to know and to understand what's going on with us while we're actually processing those memories of the trauma. And I'll talk about that later on a different different podcast and give you uh, more information. 
So anyway, today, though, we have a guest. And if you had an opportunity to listen to my podcast uh, from the keynote, uh, the Courage Conference, then that will give you an idea of who we're getting ready to to share and talk with our guest today, because he's also a male survivor. His name is Dave. And when we're at the conference, we didn't really get much of an opportunity to talk there. But we made a commitment to each other that in the year 2020, that we were going to keep in touch and that we were going to possibly collaborate on some things. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to just bring him in on the podcast as a thriver, just to have an opportunity to have a a candid talk about his experiences, the, the things that he's learned along the way. You know, and I really believe that the more voices that we have that can relate and share our stories, I believe actually the more that it can actually help us. So Dave, hey, are you there? I'm here, my friend. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for, for, for being here. Now, before the podcast, Dave and I, we were just talking about, you know, different stuff. And I've already decided, okay, I got I to gotta find out where he is and fly over. And we can just have like a, a weekend <laughs> or something and, uh, and just talk and, and share in, about more about our experiences and, and the things that he's doing. And I think he's going to uh, share with you some of that also that he's doing. But I've asked Dave that if he feels comfortable, you know, to even, you know, share about his experience and things. And this is like I said, this is just a fireside chat. So, you know, we've got questions, but I just let it kind of go where it needs to go. And you can say whatever it is that you 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 need to to say. So welcome, Dave. You've got the floor. So just share with us a little bit about you and your experience. All right. Thanks, bud. I do appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, so oftentimes you. uh you meet someone at a conference and hey, yeah, let's uh, let's let's talk and let's connect, and then they you never hear from them. Yeah. So I appreciate your your honesty and your integrity and and working with guys and and following up. So just know I, I appreciate that cool. first of all. Excellent, excellent. Uh, so you as you were talking, it made me think of something that uh, that I heard when I was either a teenage late teen years or early twenties. I went to a concert. And I heard this guy, uh, the, it was the lead singer for a band called The Choir. Okay. He made this comment. He said, the more personal something is, the more universal it is. Mm. And it really, it's, it struck me then, and it means even more to me now. Yeah. Because the more personal, we think we're, the, we're, we think we're alone. We think we're the only one. We feel like it's the only, we're the only person this happened to. Mm-hmm. And and in so many cases, we find out not only are we not alone, hopefully this is part of our, our healing process. We can learn that we're not only not alone in this generally, like we were talking about earlier. Right. In, in almost all cases, we're going to learn that we weren't alone specifically. There, you know, that, that offender had, had more than one of us. <laughs> yeah. And so just by talking about it, we, will, we, we, can, we can learn that we're not alone in this. Um, in my case, case it was the youth minister of the church Mm. the the first youth minister of the church i want to clarify that so no one thinks that it was a different youth minister right okay Um, um, his name was frankie wiley um and from the time i was 12 to the time i was 15 he sexually abused and raped me Mm. and Mm. i wasn't the only guy only boy there at that church and we weren't the only boys at any church since i've come forward um, nine other guys from four different churches, mm-hmm. wow. and that's just the ones that we know about. Yeah, um, 
And, and so like I mentioned to you earlier, for me, I, I, I didn't start off doing this with any altruistic motives. Right. It was pure selfish healing on my part. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then it turned into something good. Yeah. Um, uh, that's the amazing part of healing. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think that's just part of all of our journeys. I mean, I, I hear that so many times of, you know, like even when I was, you know, I started this out in 2001. Well, before that, I was just working on my stuff. And then someone noticed it like, hey, how are you getting these results? How is it? You got a smile on your face after, all, right. you know, the abuse. You like it because I would share my story. And they're like, you had like nine perpetrators. I'm like, yeah, nine perpetrators, torture, cut and burn with cigarettes and I'm like say both male and female, so it was it was you know quite a quite a bit right, and so they would they say but when we look at you it doesn't seem like anything happened, <laughs> right? And I'm like well let me tell you something <laughs> did <laughs> did happen, you know? But that was part of of the journey of working through those different type of of things and just the different places that healing actually even took me. So yeah. Well, we become professional liars as mm. sort of as 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 victims, mm -hmm. as victims of abuse. You you learn to be real really good at covering up. Yeah. Um, and so what I what I've experienced, and I and I think I see this um, in you, and I don't think I know I see it in you, and and in all all of the survivors. Yeah. Is yeah. that you you go you transition from this place of being a professional liar so that no one knows what happened to being exceedingly honest to the point of fault. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Some, sometimes they're like, brother, I really didn't want to hear that. Yes. Yeah, like, you, you, you sure you want to hear my story? Because I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, Dave, when you think about, you know, working through your stuff, um, when you first started out, like, what support or non-support did you have? Um, mine, there wasn't support when I didn't, this is kind of a, a thing I think we all could learn from. There's not going to be any support if no one knows you're hurting. Mm. And that was the case for me. Mm. No one knew the pain I was going through because I didn't tell anybody. Okay. Um, I didn't tell anybody because initially in 1980, no one had ever even put the words together in my, at least in my world, mm -hmm. childhood sexual mm -hmm. abuse. Right. So I didn't even know what to call what was happening to me. So if you don't know what to call it, you don't know what to identify it. How do you, how do you reach out for help? Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was the, the initial 25 years of my life after it started was I didn't. So there wasn't any. And so I devolved into 25 years of, of active, active drug abuse. That was my um, ill-informed coping mechanism. And it, it, it left me at times destitute, at times incarcerated, uh, overdosing multiple occasions. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, if not for a higher power, then, then I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you now. Um, for me, that's what has worked for me. Um, but then when I did, in, in, in 2006, make it public, my family has been ex amazingly supportive. My friends, there have really, I've had, you know, I, I hear so many survivors, they talk about being 
kicked out of a church when they went for, made it public. I hear all of these, and and all of them are there. That's their truth, and and that's actually what happened to them. I feel like I'm I've been a bit of an exception in this case. Man, my church family, where it occurred, once they knew the truth, they they've been very welcoming. They've had me come back and talk. Actually, the the pastor, who's a guy of the pastor of the church now, said. Can you come tell us what we did wrong back then? Yeah. yeah. And and that's that's a bit of an anomaly. I, I acknowledge that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's quite, quite a bit of an analogy. I had that when I was going through. I mean, I, I tell people I'm a heretic, right? So I was kicked out and just, just different type of stuff, you know. you know, and Like, well, wait a minute. Isn't this supposed to be a place where there's like this love and all this different type of stuff? So it even changed my, my idea, but... One of the things you said um, that I really resonate with, and, and, and it's one of even the programs that I offer when I'm coaching, actually it's the first one, and that's if you're not able to define or give terms to what happened to you, it actually makes it more difficult to heal, right? And right. Um, I just found, and especially when we're doing the workshops and stuff, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. That's one of the first things we do. Okay, so how do you want to define it? How do you want to say it. how do you want to talk about it you know one person says well i've been molested one says abused well one says i was penetrated one says i was raped okay that's fine you have to find your definition that is going to help you to explain yeah. what happened and like you said when you either don't have that vocabulary or you're not able to find it it really prolongs our healing journey i could not agree with you more yeah could not agree with you more it's and what What's working for like what where I was at five years ago mm -hmm. in my healing journey is not where I am now. What 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 helped me then is only a part of what's helping me now. Right. Or or, right. A, or a smaller part. You know, sure. I, I tried, you know, talk therapy till I was blue in the face, <laughs> but I wasn't I wasn't really talking about what was wrong. Right. You know, right. if you don't if you don't talk about the thing that's actually the problem or the challenge or, or whatever whatever it is that you're facing then you're if we're not honest with ourselves first about the I had someone explain to me this way instead of asking someone what's wrong with them mm -hmm. ask mm -hmm. them why are they hurting yeah you know what happened instead of what's wrong what happened um, it's a subtle difference, but it's a profound difference. Yeah, and it's true. And, and I think that's, you know, that's the power also in, you know, sharing our stories. Because then once I hear you say something like, well, okay, this, this, this dude has, you know, whatever courage or whatever to say something, that gives me a little bit more courage to actually start sharing my story. Especially if it's a safe place. You know, when I do the workshops and stuff, it's... It's it's funny because as soon as everyone walks through the door, there's almost like this sigh, like, oh, okay, I'm in a place where everyone has been abused, we know. And then before you know it, they're just starting to talk, right, about stuff because they're like, okay, there's right. a place where I can talk. Um, it doesn't seem like I'm going to be judged yet. Um, and I noticed that people don't share the gritty details until like maybe day two or day three where they feel like, everyone in the group has earned the trust and they can say whatever it is that they need to right and then that's when the stuff really comes out that they really needed to get off their chest that they've never been able to tell to a therapist or, or anybody 
right? Because they need to be in a place where they feel that they're still going to be loved, accepted, and supported. So. Well, you and I talked about this uh, before we before we went uh, on air. One of the biggest challenges, I think, um, and that that male survivors, and it's a difference. It's it's a challenge that is separate from female survivors. Right. Female survivor, female survivors typically are not questioning their sexuality mm-hmm. based on the abuse. Right. Right. And that's a fundamental core part of who we are and when that's questioned when we question that or when we wonder that that's a significant difference and if we don't address that honestly first with ourselves that that okay my body reacted this way so does that mean is it reacting that way because i'm gay or is it reacting that way because i wasn't taught as a 12 year old boy like in my case Mm -hmm. if someone if there's a physical touch, there's going to be a physical response. Right. It doesn't right. make you gay. It doesn't make you straight. Right. But we got to have that open, honest talk with ourselves so that we can have that conversation with, in a, like you talked about, in a safe space like this. And, and if we can do that, man, it just, there would be so many guys that would feel that, that that atlas shrug that weight of the world off of their shoulders like thank god it it wasn't just me (laughs) 600 pound weight or whatever uh that you feel like is on top of on top of you so you know for you when you're thinking about your story kind of what was your your moment of not really aha moment but it's like okay you know there's uh, i'm gonna start working through this you know was it like okay i'm ground zero at the bottom so now i need to work on stuff or uh, was it maybe something before that that just kind of got you going down your healing path when it, it wasn't until like i said it was 06 when i came when i when i came forward publicly mm-hmm. i was i was then clean from the narcotics okay that was that was the first thing I had to do. I had to get all of those drugs out of my system. Yeah. Um, and an amazing thing happened when that physical fog lifted from my brain. Right. <laughs> then there was a lot more clarity of why was I doing that? Why was I? Because while I never I never had a conscious thought of I want to die subconsciously i was trying to kill myself right that's that's why i was doing doing those and so i had to say why am i and and now that i could have an honest conversation with myself because i wasn't numb in the brain yeah um i could acknowledge okay here's here's what happened um and and that doesn't mean you're blaming all of your problems on something that occurred that's that's not what i'm saying there and i I think it's, it's important that we that we say that again out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is causation between these things. Yeah. And and it's foolish to not acknowledge that either. Yeah. And so yeah. that for me was that okay now I'm now I can acknowledge this. So what am I going to do? And and in that moment, I found out in 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 time shortly thereafter that the, the person who abused me was still mm-hmm. an active minister. Mm-hmm. 
And all I could think was I need to do whatever I need to do to not let him harm any more boys. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you say that because that reminds me of a story. Like, so when you come to the workshop and retreats, of course, I have a policy that, you know, no alcohol, those different type of things. So I had one guy. So what, what he did was, so he did all the drinking so that when he got here, <laughs> that he was, <laughs> he was drunk enough to, to make it through like the first day or so, right? Which, which was interesting. And then after, you know, like day three or something like that when it starts wearing wearing down and then he's like actually confronting this stuff he has like this big epiphany like that you know he's been using of course the alcohol to numb the pain and stuff and now he's actually getting to work on on the issues right so you're right when we're talking about (laughs) the substances (laughs) that we use to, to numb out the pain and it's like well we have to allow ourselves enough time to actually you know experience the pain that's there oh now what can we do with it? So uh, that's that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Cool. And well, you know how you know what it is. It's so. It's not that our parents or guardians, whoever was in our life, it's not that they don't want to help. They they weren't taught how to help us when with something like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's important that we do teach p- parents now how to teach their kids how to be prepared how to be empowered um, because the parents aren't always going to be there. Yeah. And it's in those moments that the kids need to be able to, to fight for themselves as it were. Yeah. So when you think about your journey and um, so you think about here you are t- today, it's like, you know, as you and I were talking you know, today, Hey, I can smile today, but you know, there are still issues, you know, that are still present for me, you know, today. You know, sometimes something might get triggered. Of course, I can work through it, whatever, faster. You know, but there's still times when I notice, I'm going to say, I call them your um, dysfunctional habits <laughs> sometimes come to the surface of the way that you used to deal with things because of the way you dealt with them um, and dealing with the sexual abuse that uh, those maybe not be the healthiest, you know, defensive mechanisms to, to use. Um but I'm always thinking like, okay, but, you know, there's things that are still present for me today that I still have to, to deal with. You know, so, for example, what is amazing is I've been doing this for over like 19 years. And yet still, when you put me in front of a camera to talk about it, there's a moment of lapse or pause of like, what are they going to think about me when I share my story? Right. Even right. though I've done it, you know, whatever, hundreds of times, there's just always this little thing. And it's like, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be long or not? Right. And then once I get over that, I just go ahead and share. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> I think um, for a lot of us, and in my case, specifically, depression is a is a is a big factor mm. that, that's that's never going to go away. It's always going to be it's always going to be a challenge. Yeah. Um, and and so um, you you typically want to, when that depression is starting, you know, the onset of it, you, you shut, you tend to, we, I <laughs> tend to shut down, yeah. close myself yeah. off. Um, don't communicate as much with my loved ones and my friends. And, um, now, and I'm not talking about the, 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 uh, the times where I deliberately, we talked about this before too, where I will unplug for a couple of weeks. I'm not right. talking about those. Right. <laughs> that's, that's healthy healing. Right. But right. When, when you start to pull away from people 
and 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 get well you know just go into that funk you right. know, we used to call All it right. um and so the that's the one that i'm i know that i will well i don't that's the one i feel like will always kind of be there over my shoulder that i have to kind of keep that that devil at bay yeah um and, yeah. and to do that is to force myself to be more engaged um in those times where i want to pull away and it's not always easy yeah, those are the times when I pull out my charts. And so I pull up the brain scans, right? Normal brain, abused brain, right? <laughs> right? And then say, oh, there's an actual physiological, like why you're stuck in this loop and those different type of things. And it's okay, right? Right. Uh, so that's when I remind myself of the neuroscience <laughs> of the reality, right? So, yeah. Cool. All right, we got one more minute here. Uh, is there anything that you, you want to you wanna share there? Dave, you know, the thing I would just say is, man, guys, as, as, as scared to death as it can sometimes feel, mm-hmm. know that you've got a guy in Thomas, um, you got a guy named Dave. Yeah. There are, there are thousands of us all across the country, all around the world. Yeah. yeah. That all you got to do is send us a line, you know, we, we won't, like I said, my, my, my folks didn't know, my people don't know if I don't tell them mm. we're mm. your people, we're your guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thomas, you, I, I'll, I'll say this, I'm gonna put this back on you. I, I'm grateful and thankful for what you're doing for guys. And so guys, that's what I would focus on. Reach out to another guy, whether it's someone that's, that you that, that you know sometimes it's easier to talk to someone you don't really know yeah no. um so so do that reach out to us um, reach out to thomas and 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 know that you're not alone in this i i promise you you're not i promise you yeah you're not and like you said i think that's part of the connection uh, a lot of guys will say that uh for them what is important is that being able to share with someone who can relate and that's one of the things you know, when i hear dave saying that reach out to us because okay so the experience may not be exactly the same but man we can relate to what it feels like to be betrayed we can relate to what it feels like to be scared we can relate to what it feels like to be confused on many of these issues and so by reaching out and and sharing then you get to actually start bonding with individuals who can bond with you, who can really have empathy for you because they've walked a little bit in those shoes. So I, I think that's that's great advice that you gave. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Hey, right. it, it's the that's the to me that's the key. You know, you you can't do you can't if you're not going to be successful trying this on your own. Right. Um, you're just not. I, I can. You know, one of the things when you when you're trying to get off of drugs or clean you know, or or off of booze, whatever it is, the thing that you that I found over and over again was you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. going to need help, and it's the same thing with sexual abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Which just shows we're created for community. <laughs> so stop trying Absolutely. to go, stop trying to go against that, and it'll actually work a little bit better for you. Cool. Cool. All right. So you guys out there in podcast land, hey, I want to thank Dave for being on our podcast today. Hey, keep shooting those emails in and I'll keep talking about the subjects that you want to hear about. And I'll keep giving you neuroscience behind it and all the different type of stuff. 
to help you. Hey, but this is the one thing. Remember that you're not alone. And remember there are safe places and safe spaces. All right. Till next time. Bye.